Life Audio. Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity, and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today I'm going to be talking about how to choose the right supplements for you. Many of my new patients come in with shopping bags filled with supplements wanting to know which they should continue and which they can stop. Often people don't remember why they're taking something or they read somewhere that a given supplement was a remedy for everything but death. Here's the thing though. Nearly every medicinal herb you can name is antimicrobial, antioxidant, and anti-inflammatory, at least. Many of them are also anti-cancer, protecting against DNA mutation. They're nearly all chock full of phytonutrients, vitamins, and minerals. You could cherry pick almost any herb and make similarly spectacular claims. If the studies have been done, does that mean that you should be taking all of them in supplement form? My two cents from a Christian worldview is that God is good and he wants us well. Because of this, he's provided a myriad of different tools called modalities in naturopathic medicine to get us there, and it hardly matters which one you pick. What does matter is the way in which you use them, that is, the dose, the timing, and the philosophical reasoning behind it. It's possible to use nearly anything to either suppress symptoms or to heal the root cause. This is related to the concepts of hormesis, which I did an episode on a few weeks ago, as well as germ versus terrain theory. Because of that, there's almost no one-size-fits-all to a supplement regimen either. Once upon a time in the not-so-distant past, we could get all our nutrients from food and wouldn't need supplements at all. Unfortunately, modern farming practices and industrial processing of prepackaged food products have made that a thing of the past. At the same time, the nutrient content of our food has been on the decline. The same industrial processes and technological advancements have made our world increasingly toxic. This has, to varying degrees, overwhelmed our previously sufficient detoxification pathways, crippled our mitochondria, and set us up for chronic oxidative stress and inflammation. Which of these, or which combination of these, is the biggest problem for a given individual depends on their genetic predispositions, epigenetic changes, exposures, stressors, and lifestyle choices. Physicians who have been practicing naturopathic medicine a lot longer than 
than I have observe that cases have become increasingly complex over recent generations, corresponding to increasing toxicity of the Western world. I don't doubt that. Approaches for individualized treatment range far beyond supplements, but they do include supplements. This is why there's almost nothing I prescribe for everyone, though there are a few favorites that I prescribe quite a lot. Here's a few of those categories with some common variations. The first one is multivitamins. So as I mentioned, even unprocessed foods are no longer the way God made them anymore. Buying organic and from farmers markets is better, but there's no guarantees even if the crops are planted that are that are heirloom, crops are rotated and they're fertilized with organic material and there's no pesticides or herbicides used. Because of this and because I'd prefer people not to take each individual vitamin and mineral in a separate capsule if only for cost and because the inactive ingredients can add up, I generally recommend a multivitamin for almost everyone. Which one can vary, though there are a few rules of thumb. First, look at the minerals, magnesium, calcium, selenium, zinc, etc. These are always complexed with something unless they're whole food-based vitamins. If the word next to the mineral name is oxide, carbonate, or sulfate, it's not absorbable. It should be a chelated version, which is anything else ending in eight, like citrate, orotate, glycinate, taurate, etc. Second, Look at the type of folate and B12. If it's folic acid and cyanocobalamin, it's a crappy brand. There are exceptions when I think people need folic acid rather than another form of folate, but cyanocobalamin is never a good thing. Better forms, usually, are 5-MTHF or folinic acid, though again, there are some who don't tolerate those, and either methylcobalamin, hydroxycobalamin, or adenosylcobalamin. Third, look at the inactive ingredient list. It should be very short, and one giveaway that it's junk is soybean oil. I'm not necessarily against soy, but if it doesn't say that it's organic or non-GMO, it is GMO, and I've learned I've yet to see a high-quality supplement listing soybean oil as an inactive ingredient. Fourth, you want a capsule instead of a tablet, with the exception of whole food-based multivitamins, which are always tablets. This is because it takes very robust stomach acid to break down most commercially prepared tablets. As we age, stomach acid production declines, and those who have blood type A have lower levels of hydrochloric acid in the first place. Beyond that, there are other potential variables for given individuals. Some people really need certain types of B vitamins, but not others, as I just mentioned. Those who can't handle synthetic B vitamins at all usually do need the whole food-based multivitamins. Some need higher levels of nutrients to balance out blood sugar, like chromium and vanadium. Ultranutrients is my favorite for this, and when I link in the show notes to the blog post this comes from, there's a link to that to full script. Um, and then, disclaimer, that's my full script, so I will get a, a, a commission for that. Um, some people are low in iron, in which case I'll choose a prenatal, regardless of their age. Pure encapsulations is my favorite one for that, and again, there will be a link in the show notes. Um, other people are too high in iron, in which case I'll choose a multivitamin that doesn't have any. Polyphenol nutrients is usually the one I pick for that. Um, and these are, uh, I think all of these so far are pure encapsulations is the, the brand that I typically prefer for all of that. Um, some are basically healthy and really don't want to take a lot of pills, in which case I'll choose a one a day. Uh, the one multivitamin by pure is my favorite one for that. Some can't swallow pills. For those, I try to avoid gummies since the nutrient content's generally really low to make space for the gelatin and the sugar and whatever else, but they're better than nothing. I prefer either a liquid version or opening capsules and mixing them in with something to disguise the flavor. There's a lot of possibilities. One thing to note, though, make sure you take anything with minerals in it with food. Otherwise, it's going to make you nauseous. Okay, the next category is essential fatty acids. So essential fatty acids are called essential because your body can't make them. You have to consume them. They're critical for cellular functioning. While it's possible for you to eat enough of them to maintain the proper omega-3 to 6 ratio, or 6 to 3 ratio of 4 to 1, anybody consuming any appreciable quantity of prepackaged foods, which is most of us, let's be honest, probably isn't doing it. That's because the highly inflammatory omega 
omega-6 fatty acids are high in the vegetable oils used in all manner of crunchy, salty processed snacks. Not only that, but other variables like micronutrient deficiencies and stress can affect your ability to utilize the omega-3s from your food too. So even if you eat fish several times a week, you're still most likely closer to the typical American American ratio of the omega-6 to 3 of 20 to 1 rather than the optimal 4 to 1. Because of this, I usually recommend people take an essential fatty acid of the omega-3s somewhere in the ballpark of 1,000 milligrams of EPA. So when you flip it over, it'll say EPA and DHA. The EPA is the one that's most beneficial unless you're pregnant, in which case you really want to make sure you've got DHEA in there. Um, I prefer essential, and they'll all have DHEA. It's just that if you're pregnant, you want to emphasize that. I prefer essential fatty acids from fish over krill only because krill tends to be pricier, but it's otherwise fine. Fish oil isn't all created equal, though. You want a high-quality brand that tests their fish for heavy metals, does quality control to ensure that you're actually getting the essential fatty acids rather than a large amount of filler oil instead, and it should be one that doesn't smell fishy. If it does, it's likely rancid. I prescribe, again, Pure Encapsulations, EPA, DHA, most often, though I do really like the Nordic Naturals brand a lot, too. I don't prefer flax oil except for vegans who can't do fish simply because it takes more steps for you to convert that to a usable form for your body. Okay, then next category, probiotics. There are people who don't need probiotics every day. They're the ones who don't have any particular gut pathology going on, and they eat fermented foods every day like our ancestors did historically as condiments. Most likely anyone doing that is also getting an abundance of prebiotics in their diets too. Everyone else really should be taking regular probiotics. Your microbiome is like an army, protecting you against foreign invaders, pathogenic bacteria, parasites, etc. It also helps educate your immune system about the difference between friend and foe, making it very important to mitigate against and prevent allergies and autoimmunity. It also helps you break down your food. This is an army you want to replenish regularly, one way or another, and there are many ways in our modern world for it to get depleted. These causes range from direct or indirect antibiotics. Indirect would be like consuming agriculture industry animals that have been given massive doses of antibiotics in their feed. It also includes birth control pills and proton pump inhibitors and many more. For someone who is otherwise healthy, I generally recommend a 50-50 blend of bifidobacillus to lactobacillus. From some, for someone who has SIBO or with suspected SIBO or who just tells me they feel worse with probiotics, I'll choose one that's prebiotic free. Some people will argue that for those with SIBO, soil-based probiotics are better. And in my experience, they're not necessarily better, but they're a fine alternative. So bottom line, Ideally, we'd get every nutrient we need from our food, but that's really no longer realistic. Almost everyone really needs to be on a multivitamin, and most also need to be on an essential fatty acid and a probiotic at the minimum. Beyond that, there's really no one-size-fits-all supplement regimen. There's lots of potentially good options, though. Often, as I sort through a person's shopping bag of supplements, I'll just shrug and say, does it help you? If the answer is yes, then sure, stick with it. If the answer is, I don't know, but I read such great things about it, then I'll say, it's up to you. If it's no, and they have no idea why they're on it, I get rid of it. I try to whittle the list down to at least no more than around 10 supplements, though, as a general upper limit, just so they don't have all the inactive ingredients and just for your pocketbook. So hope that was helpful to you. And then as I mentioned, the products that I talked about here are going to be linked in the blog post that I'll put in the show notes here. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next week. Are you looking for a holistically minded healthcare practitioner who truly treats root cause rather than symptom suppression? Unfortunately, even in the alternative healing professions, this isn't a given. That's why I've created wholehealthdoctor.com, a resource to help connect patients to healthcare practitioners in their area who share a root cause philosophy. Alternatively, most of the practitioners listed also practice telehealth. So if there isn't anyone local to you, you can still find a great practitioner to help you regain optimal health. Go to wholehealthdoctor.com. That's wholehealthdoctor.com 
type in your location or adjust the specialty that you're looking for and find the practitioner who's right for you. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.